Hello, and welcome to the Annie Monday Podcast. My name is Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Welcome to our spooky episode. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. I tried to convince Kayla to uh, force a uh, horror show of some sort this week, but she wasn't into that idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. But one day your day will come. We're going to roll a horror show someday. Ugh. I'm not looking forward to that day. What more appropriate time would there be than this week? I mean, sure, but no. <laughs> uh, so instead, the, the show that we rolled last week is called The Asterisk War. Uh, this started as a 10-volume light novel series that was written by Yu Miyazaki. It started in 2012. The anime series uh, that we watched came out in October of 2015, and it ran for two seasons. That anime series was directed by Kenji Seto and animated by A1 Pictures. You want to give us a synopsis? Sure thing. Ayato has transferred to Saidokin Academy in the city of Asterix in hopes of locating his missing sister. There he meets Eulis, a princess and talented fighter. Together they strive to win the Festus, a series of tournaments where the prize is the fulfillment of a wish, but they are up against elite competitors from six other academies in the city. So to kind of get us into talking about characters and story, um, there's a whole lot of background information about this show that seems to just kind of not be there. Mm -hmm. um, they do a quick introduction in the first episode to talk about kind of the events that lead up to it, but... Uh, there's quite a bit of missing information, so there's some pieces that we may not have yet as we kind of mm -hmm. start talking about this, mm -hmm. uh, but we'll try to fill in what we can. Uh, so basically, it, it seems that this is some point in the future yeah. that this takes place, and uh, there was some sort of natural disaster, I think, that, mm -hmm. that uh, did a whole bunch of damage to the world and kind of led everyone into chaos yeah, they talked about how it upset a lot of the major political powers in the world. But the biggest outcome that I can see from <laughs> this weird natural disaster mm -hmm. is that for some reason there were superpowers that started appearing. Which um, is something they did not explain, but I was I was looking up stuff for the show. They do end up explaining later. Sure. But definitely not in the first four episodes. Uh, but when we do join the characters in the mm -hmm. first episode, um, a good number of people, if not everyone, has superpowers. We, we that can't is tell. unclear. We can't tell if this is a widespread thing or if it's a very select group of people who have them. Um, and they also have, like, magical weapons that they can wield. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of as a result of this ongoing political struggle... Mm -hmm. Uh, part of what these countries do now is they compete in these big tournaments, mm -hmm. and this fighting is is really important to their culture and their mm -hmm. politics, it mm -hmm. seems. Uh, so our main character is Ayato. He is a brand new student at the academy that they join. Um, his uh, sister, like you said, used to be a student at this academy, but uh, we come to find out that her records were sort of expunged from the history of the Academy. Yeah, the way that they draw it, it, it almost looks like they were corrupted. Yeah, like somebody doesn't want you to know about this mm -hmm. person kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of intrigue building with that character and what happened to her. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't know a whole lot yet. Nope. Uh, and he actually ends up taking the weapon that she used when she was a student there. Mm -hmm. That's the like one record they have of her 
is that she checked out this weapon from the school because the school allows you to rent weapons. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> there's this whole process where like you have to go through a compatibility test mm-hmm. with uh, the individual weapon <laughs> and uh, to make sure, I don't know, you sync with it mm-hmm. because they some they have uh, they have minds of their own. Basically, yeah, I guess <laughs> um, there was actually a brief flashback of his sister mm-hmm. that she was shown competing in um, the big tournaments. Which was the very first thing that we saw. Yeah. And she was like seriously injured or almost mm-hmm. killed. We can't really tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing that we know about her is that she had some sort of like binding magic. Yep. That she used on her brother. Yeah, because he was too powerful. I guess. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, he was too powerful. And she was saying for his own sake and for like, I guess, the sake of humanity, she was going to bind his powers. So anytime he uses the full extent of his powers, he passes out, he gets really sick, he becomes very, very weak, like, afterwards. And he can't, like, use his full powers for more than, I think he said, like, five minutes. So what do you think about Ayato in terms of his personality and how they portray him in the show? Sure. I I think generally in these types of shows where there's kind of, like, the ultimate fighter or, you know, pilot, or, you know, the ultimate whatever, there's kind of two personalities. There's the, like, stoic, super serious, like, no-nonsense kind of hero that's like, I know that I am the most, like, awesome person at this thing, and I it is my duty to, like, protect the world. Then there's this other personality that's kind of just really chill and... Like, really just, like, sweet and unassuming. And then maybe he shows his power. Uh, He also may not care very much about his power. Um, Ayato is the second one. Um, He, he's not very serious. He's kind of, he's kind of goofy. Um, Not, like, funny. He's just sort of spacey and it's just like... I don't, I'm just going to make friends with everybody because I'm a friendly guy and I don't understand how women work and that sort of thing. And that's kind of like his whole personality. Even though he knows he has this incredible power, he's just sort of like, oh yeah, that that old thing that I have, you know, it's whatever. Probably the other primary characters in the show um, are a group of four girls. Mm-hmm. And so far, we've only met three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty obvious from like all the animations and, and intro stuff that there's going to be four. Yeah. Uh, so the main one you mentioned is Eulis. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's kind of pink haired, typical protagonist girl look. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes from a country that I'm not going to try to pronounce. Um <laughs> But it's it's like supposedly a fictional place kind of near the Czech Republic in the real world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and apparently she's the princess yep. of that country. Because we still have monarchs, I guess, in this new society? Yeah, I don't know. They, they were not clear about how the power structures work now. Yeah, and I, I don't know if like this country exists because it was like spun off after mm-hmm. the the events of mm-hmm. the natural disaster or if it was there before. Uh, but she's... She's royalty, and uh, obviously because she's royalty, she's incredibly powerful and strong and Mm -hmm. has to go use her powers for the good of the world. Yep. They kind of briefly talked about what her purpose at the Academy is and why Mm -hmm. she's there Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, like ruling her own country (laughs) or something. Sure, 
Uh, and it's pretty much that she wants to help some orphans. Yeah, that like were her friends and didn't treat her like a princess. Yeah. Um, she wields a kind of flame magic and mm-hmm. it's in the shape of a big flower. Mm-hmm. And something that they kind of hint at a lot, but they don't really explain a whole bunch is that she is a an extremely rare type of person mm-hmm. that they call a strega. Um, and that, that determines like the, the type of magic that she's able to use. Yeah. Uh, and it's like 0.2% of all people with these abilities are considered a strega. Mm-hmm. I actually found out that that's the female version of that person. They have a male counterpart that also is the same sort of thing. It's still 2%, so I'm guessing only 1% of that is female. Yeah. Something that we couldn't quite figure out from just watching the initial episodes is, what is this? Is it like magic that they're using? Are they superpowers? Is it technology? Um, Mm. And kind of what I came to find out from a little bit of reading is that... um, they're not really using magic. Mm-hmm. They're wielding magical weapons and items. Mm-hmm. And um, the powers that they get as a result of the natural events mm-hmm. are just like uh, enhancements to their natural abilities. Mm-hmm. So like the main character is shown jumping really high. Mm-hmm. That's something that he's able to do just because of like the evolution of people after this event. Sure. The Stregas actually have magic that they are able to utilize in their bodies. That makes sense. So that's what the distinction is between those. It makes me laugh that you're talking about that these are the results of, um, like, the evolution. Because they do say that this only happened, like, a century ago. So it seems like that evolution happened real fast. Yeah, and again, (laughs) they don't explain at all where that comes from or why it happened. So um, we've yet to see any of that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to say about Eulis is that um, she plays a really common trope um, that's going on, not just in anime right now, but just in media in general, which is the I'm not your average princess kind of girl, um, which would be fine if if this was like a new idea. But this idea has gotten so worn out. There's really no need for her to be a princess. At all, in my opinion. Um, it so f- I, I don't know if it's going to play into it more or not, but the fact that she's a princess seems to be inconsequential to who she is as a person. Yeah, so far. But they talk about it. Everybody calls her princess. Everyone talks about it. Um, but her motivations, her behaviors, everything about her screams, I have nothing to do with being a princess. Yep. Uh, The school that they attend also has sort of a ranking system Mm -hmm. that puts uh, the students on a list of how powerful they are, how good they are at these tournaments. Mm -hmm. Um, And duels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so Eulis is ranked fifth at the entire academy. Yep. Uh, And it's made a point that, like, she's been there for a long time. Mm -hmm. She's been working really hard at doing this. Mm -hmm. And... Of course, when Ayato shows up, <laughs> he immediately is just able to wipe the floor with her in, yeah. a, in a duel that they fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they talk about, they're like, oh, she must be going easy on him because there's a whole crowd watching them. 
And the crowd is like, oh, she must be going easy on him. And then she has this inner monologue that plays that says, no, actually, I'm giving him all that I got. I don't understand. And this is part of, like, him not caring about his own powers is he could have taken her out. Um, But he doesn't. He just kind of, like, well, he ends up saving her because somebody else was trying to attack her while they were in the middle of a duel. And he's just mostly avoiding her attacks. Yeah, they occasionally just hint at his background and why he is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he he shows up on the scene and he's better at fighting. He has cooler powers than everyone. (laughs) Um, Typical, like, protagonist Mm -hmm. kind of uh, power level kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that plays out, I guess. But there was one thing he didn't do that we commented on that's a really protagonist trope. Do you want to talk about it? What is that? He didn't sit by the window. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if that means anything, but no. uh, we did both note that uh, they brought in, oh, here's the transfer student. He's mm-hmm. Ayato and mm-hmm. everyone welcome him. Go mm-hmm. sit down. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sits in a seat in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. which is unusual for protagonist in anime. So the reason why generally this is unusual is because it is easier for animators to not draw everybody in the room. And so if their main character is sitting by a window, then all they have to draw is the background and potentially a student or two around that protagonist. So you'll see this a lot in anime that the main protagonist will usually sit probably the second from the back by the outside window is like the normal protagonist seating in a classroom. And then you get lots of shots of them looking forlorn into the distance, (laughs) uh, not paying attention to their school. Yeah. So we just thought it was interesting that the animators decided to put him in the middle of the room instead of uh, by the window. Cool. Uh, One of the other girls who's kind of part of this group is Claudia. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a blonde and clearly, like, <laughs> doesn't come from Japan. I don't Mm-mm. know if they ever say where she's from. No, not that I saw. Uh, she is the student council president, mm-hmm. real original, <laughs> uh, and she's the second ranked fighter at the school. Oh, you know, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, so she's, uh, we only briefly see her fighting at the very end, but mm-hmm. she's supposedly really good as well. Well, sure. Uh, one thing to point out about her is that she seems real shady. She says she's shady. Yeah. She even tells the main character, she's like, I'm very scheming. Yeah. Uh, at the end, we basically see her murder someone. She said he wasn't dead. He seemed pretty <laughs> murdered. She said they would keep him alive and use him. Yeah. Uh, but mostly for, dead. For their schemes, which <laughs> we, we don't know what their schemes are. Mm-hmm. Uh, she generally just seems to be kind of in cahoots with nefarious people yeah. uh, trying to do bad things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what exactly that means, but. Sure. Sure. She she seems to come in just to be a point of conflict for um, different people. It's not always for the protagonist. Sometimes she's working with the protagonist. Um, so there's a couple of times when she's like, hey. Uh, I think that somebody's going to be attacking the princess. Uh, could you, like, look out for her because she seems to like you? And he's like, okay, yeah, I mean, I guess. And that was, like, it. But she's also, like, weirdly overly flirty um, just because I think it it makes her laugh. It suits her. But to be fair, she did 
um, admit up front that she was shady. Yeah, um, you hinted at, like, we, we joked last week uh, that the genre listed on Wikipedia <laughs> for this show is harem, mm-hmm. or it at least includes harem. Yeah. Um, these four are clearly intended to be, like, some sort of romantic love interest. interest. Yeah. Uh, Claudia is kind of the one that he likes to avoid yeah. because <laughs> she's so sh- sexually aggressive with him yeah. uh, and flirty. He He a couple times was like, Please get away from me. Like, yeah. Leave me alone. Um, he does not reciprocate, at least from what we've seen with her at all. Yeah. Whereas Eulis uh, is the Sundere mm-hmm. who uh, is like, no, I don't care about you at all. Get away from me. Uh, but is clearly like harboring feelings or starting to grow them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other characters we meet is Saya, mm-hmm. who is Ayato's childhood friend. Mm-hmm. Also real original. She's real cute. Uh, so she's an airhead yep. uh, with the Nahoge. Yay, Ahoge characters. <laughs> she's kind of portrayed as that like super monotone, mm-hmm. really uninterested in everything that's happening, mm-hmm. um, but also kind of really curious about everything. Mm-hmm. Almost actually reminds me of Sue from yeah. uh, Monster Musume, but, you yeah. know, more human. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, the thing that I kind of remarked about her character uh, the way that she's kind of drawn and the her mannerisms and even her voice actor, it kind of, she kind of sounds like she just woke up, mm-hmm. but all the time. Like every time she talks, every time she encounters people, it's like she just woke up. Uh, and she's not like reserved or antisocial or anything. She, she actually talks a lot in the show. Mm-hmm. She just has a very cool mm-hmm. kind of... Um, She's real mellow. Yeah. And she knows a lot about the main character's past. Yeah. Like, she's the one that tells us, like, we would not have known he was super powerful had had this character not told us at first. And then later we see scenes of it. But she's our first introduction into, hey, he's actually, like, really dangerous. Yeah, when they when he has the duel with Yulis uh, and Saya hears about that, mm-hmm. she says, like, Oh, well, you must have not really fought him. Otherwise, you'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's kind of the, the main characters that we meet. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would say about them in general is that the tropes are extremely prevalent in the show. Yep. Ayato is the uh, accidental pervert. Mm-hmm. So this happens all the time where, you know, they trip and he ends up touching her mm-hmm. or walking in on someone coming out of the shower. Mm-hmm. Um. He's also kind of the chosen one complex. Yep. Uh, when he gets tested for this weapon that his sister used to own, it's like, whoa, 97% compatibility. Mm-hmm. We've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's just generally better at everything than yeah. everyone else. Yulis is kind of the like super badass, but still has to be saved by Ayato all the time. Which is super obnoxious. It's real dumb. Uh, there's an entire scene where for like five minutes, he's just carrying <laughs> her around with one hand mm-hmm. while he's killing all these robots with another. How? It was super dumb. <laughs> yeah. We were actually like, I mean, he's not like a big buff dude or anything. No. Like, And she's a normal, average sized teenage girl. Like, no, <laughs> no, you cannot carry her around. And also be fighting literally a hundred robots. Yeah. Uh, also, just like 
put her down. Like, she can help you fight Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know. Like, she's the number five ranked fighter. She can hold her own. She's fine. I guess, like, they said, oh, well, I, I made the robots flame resistant, so you can't touch them. I mean, she can still hit them with her <laughs> weapon. Anyway, dumb. Sure. <laughs> uh, I mentioned that she was a Sundere, uh, yeah. just classic case. Uh, Saya has the childhood friend mm-hmm. trope, mm-hmm. Uh, the airheaded Kudere trope. Mm-hmm. Um, Claudia is the large-chested tease mm-hmm. who's super aggressive mm-hmm. and has the like kind of traditional, like these are supposed to be the most beautiful anime character yeah. kind of look. Yeah. So really to me, it just feels like every character is kind of a cut and paste from some other generic fighting harem show. Are there a lot of these? Probably. <laughs> so what were your thoughts about the story? Uh, well, we kind of mentioned how there was almost no explanation of the world that they're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, obviously it'll come later. But mm-hmm. uh, going into these four episodes, I really kind of felt lost with what was going on and what the rules of the world were. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, there was exposition. So let me lay that out. There was exposition. But it was for things that felt like didn't actually tell us what we wanted to know about the world. Um, So it kind of was just like explaining about that there's a city, um, but we barely hear that there's other schools. And what why are there six schools? What is the purpose of the fighting? Um, They just mentioned like, hey, there's this there's this tournament that people fight in. And it's like, okay, but but why? Like. What's the point of them fighting? Who benefits from this? We never got answers to those kind of questions um, until later, you know, characters were were revealing that sort of stuff. Um, so it felt weird. There were certain things that it kind of blew right past. Um, so like Colin was saying, they um, they talked about how you uh, there's there was there was this thing that happened, you know, some sort of natural disaster. Political powers were um undone and then this corporation of some sort came up to power yeah we know nothing about any of those and then they don't talk about it again and so the only reason why i know that they do talk about it more is just because when i was looking up information about the show i saw that oh actually there's going to be a little bit more revealed yeah but they certainly didn't do it in the first four episodes and i I do get it like Mm -hmm. Um, this is a two season show, so they've got right. 48 episodes to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to focus in on the characters right now and, sure. and make sure you are following and, and like and enjoy the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've at this point watched over an hour worth of the show and I still feel like we don't know enough. Yeah, we I, like I was saying, I feel like we know a lot about the wrong things. For instance, one of the things that the show starts off with is about his missing sister and it gets mentioned a little bit and then it's like he forgot about her like he forgot that she was missing and then it felt like are you actually looking for your missing sister or or not and that's okay if you're not but it seemed like an episode ago you were and so i'm a little confused yeah when he's He's talking to the student council president, like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Well, it, my sister went missing mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, but I don't really, I, I mean, that's not my only purpose. I don't really know what my purpose is here. Yeah. And then the next episode, he suddenly comes to the realization, oh, I know my purpose is to protect Eulis. Which that's she did why I'm not here. ask for. <laughs> no. She did not ask for protection. She's the number five. Sorry, that's a whole different she, thing. <laughs> well, just the fact that like she's been here for how many years now yeah. and has not needed him. No. Uh, and then he shows up on the scene and is like, this is my purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the other thing we don't have an understanding about is what we alluded to earlier. We don't know about these kids and why they're special. Um, we kind of got, I had to like go back and watch it. There's like a small line at the end of the fourth episode uh, where they take out this kid that's an enemy and he's falling from a great, great height. Um, like, t- like he's falling from above like the city buildings. And Ayato's like, he's going to be fine because he's one of the um, Genestellers. What? Who? How? Okay. So <laughs> that actually does. Uh, I forgot that he said that line. Mm-hmm. Um, the Genestella are the people who have uh, adopted the the physical abilities mm. after the event. So if he's saying, oh, he's one of them, so he'll be fine, mm-hmm. that means there are people who wouldn't be fine. Okay. So, But I that was one line. That was one short line. That... And, and the other way to know that information was by looking it up in the show. Yeah. So it just seems like sometimes, um, you know, I, I've gotten on shows for, like, giving too much exposition, so I don't want to, like, say they should have just told me everything up front. It just felt like they gave us the wrong information mm-hmm. in, like, in the wrong order, you know? Um, or maybe the right information, but in the wrong order. Um, there's other things that would have been more helpful for me to know instead of, like, giving me these throwaway lines about why, again, like we talked about last week, that the protagonist isn't actually a bad guy that murders people because, oh, no, 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 they're actually going to be fine just so you don't think that this person's a bad person. Okay. Uh, do you have any thoughts about uh, animation quality and uh, things of that nature? Yeah, generally, I um, I really like the animation in this show. Uh, the fight scenes are really cool um, when we get to see them. Uh, we've only seen kind of like one and a half fights. Um, so, like we mentioned, we saw kind of like a half a fight with uh, Ayato's sister, and then that goes away, and we never see that again. And then uh, Ayato and Ulysses kind of have a fight. And then there, by the fourth episode, there is actually a full-on fight um, that Ayato has with uh, this other student. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. And so I, I've enjoyed those sequences. Um, I just haven't got to see enough of them yet. <laughs> yeah, I think one notable thing is that there were only maybe a couple scenes I noticed uh, that were kind of glaring 3D animation. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't feel out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the biggest scene that they used a bunch of 3D was uh, that last fight with the student. Yep. The student... Uh, had developed a whole bunch of robots mm-hmm. and he was using those to to fight against uh yeah, the characters kind of like a puppeteer yeah that was like his his ability was the ability to like puppet and control i guess inanimate objects at least these Something. robots yeah 
And so obviously when you're drawing a hundred robots, <laughs> doing that hand-drawn would be miserable. Mm -hmm. So they did 3D. Um, but it worked really well. But yeah, like they're robots. They, they have kind of this unnatural movement compared mm -hmm. to humans. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that kind of distinction between the the fluid animation of the characters mm -hmm. versus the more kind of computer generated mm -hmm. animation of the the robots kind mm -hmm. of worked in that scene. I think part of the reason uh, I noticed about that scene that it really worked was because they didn't try to make it um, really bright and colorful. That whole scene is kind of dark. So the robots are darkly colored and they just have like a few like... Um, I guess they're like magical connectors to the guy that's controlling them. So they had these few little lights kind of on their arms and like on their stomachs. Um, but they're in this like abandoned warehouse and it's like sunset. So everything's kind of cast in these shadows. And so it blended really well. And you could it wasn't this glaring difference between the like a bright and shiny um, robot and then like these other bright colors that looked really different. The shadows kind of played well into each other, and I thought that was a really good artistic design that they did in order to incorporate those two things without it being that jarring kind of like, oh, this is a whole different animation style all of a sudden that we've kind of talked about before in other shows. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I looked at A1 Productions and, and some of the other stuff they worked on. I think mm -hmm. they did like Fairy Tale and oh, okay. a bunch of other kind of big shows. Sure. Um, so they've got the budget. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it overall. I think it was pretty good. Um, I would say the character designs are pretty cut and paste. Yes. It's like, okay, um, cycle through pink hair, blue hair, <laughs> blonde hair, slap them on mm -hmm. a kind of generic looking character. Mm -hmm. And uh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought the main character um, was especially egregious. Uh, there were times when it just felt like man, they could have made him more interesting looking or they could have just put more detail into him. Um, and he just kind of comes off flat sometimes. He's got this kind of dull purple hair. There's nothing really remarkable about him if you like look at him or try to identify him other than that he has purple hair. But in this universe, it seems very common that people have multicolored hair. So... I did think uh, I did have a few thoughts on the the music for the show. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was pretty fun. Um, yeah, I looked into this. The score was done by a Swedish producer. Oh, uh, named Rasmus Faber. Mm -hmm. um, he's a pretty well known electronic producer, actually, and mm -hmm. kind of composed all of this for the show. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and has worked on a couple other anime. I think he's just a big fan of anime, and so <laughs> he uh, got into these projects. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of great house music that comes out of Sweden, mm -hmm. uh, and Europe in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say I found this as interesting as like Swedish house mafia, which is kind of the, uh, one of the big groups. Yes. That's their name. I just, I, I, you have <laughs> lost me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Swedish house mafia, uh, descriptive name. They're Swedish and, uh, they make house music and I guess they're a mafia. What is house music? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, like Daft Punk is house. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it was a little generic in mm -hmm. the show, but uh, it was quite different than mm -hmm. what we're used to hearing in, in mm -hmm. anime. And I think with the kind of futuristic setting and the, mm -hmm. the magic and technology and everything mm -hmm. in the background, that that kind of music fit pretty well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I can't really speak for the opening ending themes. Those were a different group. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought generally it was kind of memorable, fit the show well, so not bad. Yeah, and I thought they did a really good job of um, knowing what music to place where. Uh, So, for instance, the first thing that happens when when you start watching the show it's complete silence. At first, I thought we had the mute button on, like on the TV or something, because it it didn't go into like an intro, like video or anything. It just it starts showing you the scene, and it's it's deathly quiet. And then there's no music during this whole fighting sequence that we see with with the main character sister, and uh, we just hear her fighting, um, and like as she falls. Um, and you think, like, I don't know what's going to happen to this girl. Um, that's when the music starts to swell up. And it was so impactful. And especially looking back and saying, like, oh, I know who this is now. And I know, like, the impact that this has on the character that it, they're trying to get me to care about. It was really powerful that that scene was silent. And I I saw that throughout the series is that they were really good about making the music underscore what was happening in a way that felt very natural and very engaging. Do you have any general thoughts, uh, likes and dislikes and that sort of thing? Uh, you know, we've we've kind of talked before about how um, harem shows are not my favorite. <laughs> um, it, it's just, uh, I, I'm just not really into that style. Um, and one thing I have to give a little bit of credit for the show is, is while... We had heard, you know, in the descriptor that it said it was a harem show. Um, This is not super obvious and in your face like some of the other shows that we've watched, especially I think of like Monster Masume. Um, That one was (laughs) that was all that was going on was the harem part. Uh, It feels like a lot of times, uh, like you were saying, it it's kind of accidental um, it's used for comedic purposes and not so much as like, this is what the show is about. The show is about this fighting tournament stuff that's going on in these schools and the characters. Um, and the harem part is kind of for comedic effect, which they don't do all the time. It was sort of like maybe a gag or two per episode. And I felt like, that was an okay amount that I could live with. Still not my favorite, but I was like, I can kind of laugh at this and kind of laugh it off and still get through this and feel like not uncomfortable. Yeah, I think the other thing that it has going for it in terms of that is mm-hmm. that the girls don't immediately fawn over him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saya in particular, she's like friends with him. She's been friends for a long time. Yeah. She doesn't show any like special interest now that he's back. Yeah. Eulis uh, kind of brushes him off in general, mm-hmm. um, and Claudia kind of only is going after him because it makes him uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think she finds that funny. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the point is not at this point mm-hmm. for him to like get all the girls. And yeah, that's very very little component to this. Yeah. One thing uh, that I found really striking is the general lack of characters. Okay. And uh, I say that because it feels like for a long time now in the shows that we've been watching, Mm -hmm. we have just been overloaded (laughs) with characters and lore, especially with the robot stuff. Man, there were just (sighs) 
you know, dozens of characters that you mm-hmm. had to keep track of. Yeah. And this one, you go into it, and it's like, okay, there's one distinct main character. Mm-hmm. There are three other kind of main characters, mm-hmm. and there's, like, one other guy that you kind of need to know about. Yeah. And that was it, and they were easy to keep track of, and it wasn't a big overload of information. Yeah. Now, we've already said that can kind of detract from it because mm-hmm. sometimes I did want a little bit more to <laughs> yeah. learn what was going on. Sure. Uh, but I feel it kind of naturally built up the character base rather than throwing so much at you at once. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting that you talk about that because uh, one thing I, I could give credit for the character design is that while they can be a little cut and paste, they are very distinct Um they, they all look different from each other. Part of it's because they're color-coordinated. Um, but you can very clearly tell, like, who the different girls are. They don't all look the same. They don't all sound the same. So it's it's pretty easy to be like, oh, you know, this is... Um, you know, this is his high or his like childhood friend. This is the princess. This is the student council person. This is his roommate. This is you know, a jerk student that just keeps, you know, bothering him. Um, it was it was really easy to tell, like, who were background characters because you don't remember them at all and who were people you should pay attention to because they were distinct in different ways. I think uh, Saya is maybe the only character that I really like in this show. <laughs> uh, even though she's kind of generic, I've, I've seen this character plenty of places. Mm-hmm. Um but she kind of was an interesting spin to the show that I wasn't expecting and made it a little more fun and a little less serious sometimes. Yeah, she was a really good comedic relief. Uh, part of her story is that her father is an engineer of some sort and oh, he, yeah. <laughs> he invents weapons and I some of those yeah, some of those weapons get used at the school. Mm-hmm. And so she has her own custom mm-hmm. magical weapon that she uses that was <laughs> created by her father. And he basically sent her to the school in order to uh, advertise the weapons for him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why she's there. Oh. Um, and her weapon is a big, big, giant <laughs> rocket launcher. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and so during this one fight, um, Ayato looks over because something just blew up in the distance. Mm-hmm. And she's over there, like, with this huge bipod weapon set up on the ground. It's, like, three times her size. Yeah. And she's got this, like, (laughs) scouter-looking thing over her face to... And uh, she's like, I got big, big weapons, big guns. (laughs) This is what I do. Yeah, and it's funny because it seems like most people have uh, some sort of sword or axe-type weapon. Yeah. like the princess has kind of like a a rapier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there, I can think of another character. He has like a uh, kind of double edged axe. It's like a axe. halberd, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the main characters, his is just kind of like a normal long sword. Yeah. Um. So hers is really funny. It also changes, right? Because I think a, so. a different time that she was in the classroom, she pulls it out, and it's basically like a. Like a handgun. Yeah. That's what it looked like. So her, <laughs> I forgot about and, that. And <laughs> uh, before she like shoots, she just goes, kaboom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Saya was good. I liked her. 
Uh, I would like to wrap up with one unusual opinion. Okay. This is a sports anime. <laughs> yes, you did comment about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch a ton of sports anime. No. Um, you don't watch a ton of sports. No, I don't watch sports <laughs> either. But this is what made me instantly recognize the show as being a sports anime. Mm-hmm. Is that we, we started asking all these questions like, why are they fighting? What mm-hmm. is the point of the big tournaments? Mm-hmm. What do they hope to achieve by doing it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's like football. <laughs> They're getting into these big arenas to mm-hmm. watch people compete. Yeah. And there's no real point to it no. that we can tell. It's just like bragging rights. Yeah. And the entire school is based around this. Yep. And I was like, it's like how schools... Their entire funding goes to football. Mm-hmm. and At least uh, down here in the South, it's like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, it glosses over all the magic stuff, mm-hmm. all the world lore, character mm-hmm. backgrounds. Everything feels like a big lead up to the, quote, big game. Yep. Because that's all they're talking about is, oh, we've got we've to train. We've got to get better so that mm-hmm. we can fight this tournament and be the best. Yeah, even their teacher, um, when she, their homeroom teacher, even when she walks in, she is carrying a bat with all of these, like, nails sticking yeah. through it, I guess, to, I don't know. <laughs> like, Intimidate her students. Yeah, they don't ever seem to talk about uh, homework. No. Yeah. So, Colin, would you watch more of this? Uh, this week, I'm going to go with maybe. Okay. Uh Mostly, I'm trying not to be too overwhelmingly negative in my responses to these <laughs> questions. Sure. Um, because I'm I'm trying to save the nose for, like, complete trash. Okay. Like, I have no intention of ever sitting down to watch this again. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is total trash. Mm-hmm. I do wish it didn't fall back on all the cliches and the tropes, mm-hmm. uh, and it could just get through the story and be about cool fights. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, it was... You know, there was too much of the pervert stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm super not into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't, like, leave the room if you were going to watch this. Sure. How about you? Yeah, uh, actually, I would say the same. I would say maybe. Um, I am interested in, like, learning more about this world. It seems like this world could be really interesting. It seems like something with his sister could be really interesting. The battle sequences were really fun to watch. Um, I'm not super into the main character. Maybe he improves more. We'll see. Uh, the other part is kind of what you said. Um, man, If I, I would definitely turn this show off if it started getting heavier with the harem stuff. Um, right now it felt like an okay balance. Um, not great, but not, you know, I would walk away from it. But... Um, but yeah, if it got heavier, I'd probably be like, okay, I'm going to walk away now. But yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I have. Yeah. I think this was a an interesting change from two weeks of mecha yeah. shows. Yeah, it's, it's for the best. <laughs> all right. Well, if you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on our Facebook and Twitter. Our username is AnnaMondayCast, and you can find links for that on our website. Thank you so much to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide for us and for the random button which produces those wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. 
If you want to follow along each week, we'll have a link to our current title on our website and social media. Thanks also to C2A for the intro and outro music of our program. You can find his music on Bandcamp and other major streaming services. We just bought his uh, tab book for this Empire EP, so... Yeah, it's super cute. It's real cute. Um, <laughs> I will never be able to play those songs, though. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to roll? Let's do it. All right. Random button in three, two, one. Yes. This week, our anime is Persona 4, the golden animation. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the first episode is called The Golden Days. Guys, this is really exciting. We love the Persona games. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I tried to get Kayla to play Persona 4, <sighs> but it I forgot that the intro is like three hours of cutscenes. You didn't warn me. <laughs> it was so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I finally, I was like, I'm about to give up if I don't get control of my character, like two hours in. And that was when I finally got it, and I was like, I just don't care now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this is the first role that I have actually seen. So, oh, okay. That'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll get to revisit it, and you'll get to see it for the first time. Yeah, but this is exciting. Yeah, awesome. Yay! All right, we're looking forward to next week. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us, and uh, we hope you have a happy Halloween. Yeah, until next time. All right, see you then. Oh my gosh, that's so much fun. Yay. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> I was like, I I was, for some reason I was like, it's freaking Evangelion, isn't it? <laughs>